0: This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen, it's the best.
1: Hello, and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home with a great guest. She is a multi-talented writer. I looked up all your credits to try to list them all and then realized that was going to take the majority of the podcast because there are too many cool (laughs) credits. It's Jennifer Murrow.
0: Hi. How are you? Good,
1: good. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this.
0: Yeah. Super excited. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, uh, you know, I heard your name through, like... Uh, our shared friends and things like that. And he's like, Oh, this is a great writer, Jennifer. Like, oh, cool, cool. Uh, and then I was really became aware of you as a writer from the Star Wars Forces of Destiny, right, which right. I think you just did an amazing job on. Oh, thank on. you. And Yeah, it, uh, it was pretty trippy. Yeah, I bet. I <laughs> Very bet. Cool. Yeah. So yeah. for anybody who hasn't watched, this was a couple of years ago. They're on YouTube, but then they're also on television uh, with great little Mazzkanata framing devices. Just short bits of Star Wars fun, mostly with the women
0: characters. Yes, most, mostly the females of uh, the films and television. Yeah. And now it's on Disney Plus, which is really cool yeah, to see I, on there. So much. I watched
1: a bunch of them this morning. Oh,
0: awesome. Yeah, I <laughs> know it's fantastic. And then we kind of snuck a we snuck a Luke story in there too cuz I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> who, who wouldn't want to do
1: that? And you, so you got to write actual lines that then uh, Mark Hamill said.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's terrifying. Were you there for
1: the, any of the voice recording sessions?
0: I, I for some of that I wasn't there for Mark. I forget what was I was doing something else at the time. I don't remember what it was. But we had we met other ways, okay. which was fantastic. And um, yeah, he was saying how he was nervous that he would sound too old. I was like, you did fine. You're like one of the best voice actors for multiple <laughs> reasons. Like you're of all people, yeah. wanted to make sure you know. He was at least asked to do it, and he said yes.
1: But yeah, it, it sounded remarkably good, because there has been, like, uh, I'm a fan of Doctor Who, and they do the uh, Big Finish audios.
0: Yeah,
2: sure. You know,
1: and you can hear the, the gravitas and the gravel in people's yes. voices, and that's, yes. just, that's a part of it, and that's fine. Yeah, yeah but he did an amazing job sounding like, young and like, all right, I'll try, but I don't know what you're talking about, Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> right, yes, and
0: he had the barest hint of a gravel, but barely. I'm like, damn. Yeah, All yeah. Right. It was you know, really I don't know. If they, I don't know if they affected the voice or anything, but you don't really even need to with Mark. No. Yeah. No,
1: it was so clear. Yes. Uh, so what are some of the other your other favorites of stuff that you've worked on? Because you've worked on a ton of different IP. Uh, yeah. But also like original stuff as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Justice League was a huge... Um, thrill yeah uh, working with Jim Krieg and Alan Burnett who had just retired has just retired in the past few years so I got the last of Alan Burnett oh wow which is amazing and um writing for those characters and writing for Wonder Woman you know that's a definite Linda Carter dream come true yeah. as a young girl <laughs> so that was pretty rad
1: when so, you're writing characters that you've lived with mm-hmm. and like that you have been a fan with her have inspired you yeah it- Uh, I really appreciate in Forces of Destiny that even in these very short action-oriented things, it felt like you were able to really drill down to what's a core concern of this character and how can I reflect it in their actions? Yeah. Do you consciously think of like, to me, why did I love this character when I was a kid and Mm -hmm. how can I put that on the screen now?
0: I think it's, you know, I think we nailed down the themes of each one we wanted to talk about and whether it was Leia on Hoth. Or Padme, yeah. and a little bit of you know her relationship. I think it's just nailing down that theme and bringing that out in the character because we had such a short period of time for each one of these. Yeah, so you know that was kind of was kind of tough. Yeah, but um, and it was tough to pick through, by the way. Like, what stories do you even want to tell? And then Maz, you know, in the specials, uh, linking all of them together into that theme for each For each special, each special having yeah. its own theme? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool.
1: Yeah. For Wonder Woman, was there a particular... Uh, when you got to write her, was there anything about Wonder Woman that you like wanted to make sure that the world saw?
0: I, th- I think because Justice League action was a, l- a lot more humor-based. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like... It's not like Teen Titans Go or anything, <laughs> but I mean, it was very Batman the Animated Series looking, which was fantastic and fun. I mean, a little more stylized, but... Yeah. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, my episode was not... Wonder Woman, based it was it was um, Green Lantern and Adam based, which was oh, crazy. Wow. But she was there in space with Superman, and I know that's a weird sentence. They're in <laughs> space with Superman, like you do. And um, but I wanted to make sure there was a little bit of sarcasm from her in there with that yeah. sa- a little bit of sassiness. Yeah. So that's you know for the short amount I could write for her, I made sure that was in there. I don't <laughs> know if it got cut. I don't remember. But but you know, yeah, no, one could do what went. And I got to write for. Jerry O'Connell, which I was a huge fan oh, of, wow. and um, he played Adam, which was great. And I was a huge Sliders fan, so that was super fun, yeah, um, to write for. So
2: yeah. and you,
1: you didn't try to put his his song from Scream Two in, is that?
0: <laughs> no, no. I thought you know, mm, you know, too many mixed metaphors and genres. I figured.
1: No. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, let's get into your uh, obsession. Uh, and also obsessions. because One
0: of them,
2: yeah. Yeah, we had a,
1: a great email chain back and forth. Yeah. And uh, guests always have different uh, reactions to, hey, yeah. what what is your obsession? Some oh. people are like, oh, I know it's this. Some people are like, I don't think I have any. And then I'm always like, ask your partner and, and <laughs> or then best like, friend. Oh. And then, like, here's what you won't <laughs> shut up about. Right. Um, but you had a great response of, oh my gosh. I have so many things I'm interested in, which I really relate to.
0: I'm obsessed with being obsessed, <laughs> I guess. So you had this
1: huge list, and some of them were career-based of like yes. things that you could do. Some of them are things that are like hobbies, some right. of them. like, Do you differentiate them in the, your mind, or how do you approach, like,
0: this I, is
1: the basket of things I'm interested in?
0: I think it, it's the basket and then trying them out and having a little too much ADD and going to the next one. I think growing <laughs> up as a kid, that was really tough for me. Um, I'm a jack of all trades, so I, I'm I'm decent at a lot of things. I'm one okay. of those people. Um, I'm not brilliant at one thing, I don't think, which would be really amazing. I don't think so. I, I music was supposed to be my life. That's what I thought it was going to be, but I played by ear, and it was very difficult not reading. And so that obsession didn't become my okay. life. And it kind of, as I got to California, it kind of fell by the wayside. But, um yeah, I mean, I try, I've i tried my hand at so many things, and I love science, so I started a beauty company and chemi- chemi- chemistry, and, <laughs> and then I love cooking, so I started a chocolate company and learned how to be a chocolatier, and I, you know, musician, I was a musician, yeah. I was in a band, and, you know, I came here for film scoring, I didn't end up doing that, but, like, I just loved, I loved so many different things yeah. over the years, and you had some, you have some great uh, past uh, guests where like I'm like I could talk about the Simpsons all day I could talk <laughs> about the Beatles all day and Alicia she had a great old oh, Hollywood yeah. all Alicia day did a yeah, great, so I'm yeah. like those are all my obsessions and I'm like oh my god what haven't you done <laughs> so I like went through my whole list of wackiness Yeah. And, and yeah, I'm music and jazz. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Is that when you settled on? Yeah. Real quick I want to ask you about archery though cuz that was in the list.
0: Archery, yes. Yeah, <laughs> and medieval weapons and swords and yeah, I used to, you know, I used to be a ren person. I mean, I still okay. go, but I was like back then and of course dungeons and dragons I played back then as well and yeah. um so fantasy was a big thing for me and I used to weave chainmail. I used to <laughs> metal smith in college. So I've just done a lot of different things i like to touch a lot of different things yeah I, I did tap and ballet and <laughs> you know all that stuff so yeah I, and i know i'm forgetting 20 things yeah right right no
1: people. i totally understand so, I'm a big
0: party throw i loved theme parties like i used to do that all the time i mean even even when i was a teenager i or in my 20s i would have star wars parties or you know i'd make theme drinks or even if it's even if it was a St. Patrick's Day, I would have a I yeah. would have a fondue bar with all different things, and like so. I just, you know, I just like different, yeah, hobbies and fun things and career stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. you're working hard. Clearly, um, yeah. it's fascinating to think of them mashed up. Like when you describe them, I, I picture you making chocolate while wearing chainmail. That ha-
0: <laughs> that's probably happened. I would not be surprised. Yeah, um, I've definitely remember uh, uh, filing silver rings while watching I think it was Robin Hood Prince of Thieves so like I'd always have like my movies along with my metalsmithing or something like that but that was a long long time ago a long time ago I yeah but it's nice to kind of have knowledge about a lot of stuff I I think I'm a I'm an obsessed with learning yeah I'm obsessed with learning about a certain subject and once i'm obsessed with it i'm just like i love to know as much as i can about it right and if i and if i don't my brain sh- if i don't if i'm not interested my brain shuts down and i crawl into like a fetal position i can't function it's really strange i'm very extreme that way
1: like if you if you're not actively learning something
0: if i'm not interested in it or okay. i can't if, if it's not in my ability to grasp yeah so like math my brain will shut down yeah <laughs> math is one thing i'm just not great I've at. i've
1: had a lot of friends yeah. who are like uh Professors and scientists and that yeah. kind of harp on the. We're sick of people saying they're not good at math. You're not intrigued by math, right? You have like, bad math teachers. You, you know
0: or just yeah, just my like, and I love science. So like, uh, I studied astrophysics. I studied wow. you know. Yeah, and you were saying that's how you got parallel universe theory. Chocolate. Yeah, right. <laughs> parallel universe theory was one of my papers at USC, but I couldn't do the math, so I didn't understand. So all the theoretical stuff, I was super easy for me. Okay. I understood it, and then my teachers like, well you can't do that like how do you not how, how do you not know the math to back that up and it's just my brain works that way yeah so you know yeah so I just my brain picks and chooses okay cool cool yeah.
1: well we'll get into your main topic but I wanted to touch on that a little bit because it was so cathartic when I got oh yeah because you Cause said I you were the same with, thing yeah I wrestle with I get interested in in things and I've started 87 careers and I get sort of like uh, personal joy out of them right but even now it's this sort of like everything that I do I want to go all in and you yes. can't go all in on everything, Yes. you know, or it's that kind of old vaudeville bit of three people trying to go through a door, but all three of them are you.
0: Right. Yes, that is very <laughs> true. And like now I'm trying to make them hobbies and I'm picking stuff up that I left behind for the past maybe 15 years. And yeah. now I'm trying to get back again and balance it with a busy life and going, oh, I need to stop and make time to do this. Yeah, But like... It's funny because like music is one thing I picked up again, and it's like oh my god, the hours do fly, and it's really cool to do that again. Yeah. But I have to make sure it's a hobby. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's got to be careful. Yeah.
1: yeah, awesome. Well, let's dive into that because that's the obsession that we settled on is jazz.
0: Yeah, and all of
1: the uh, sort of musical uh, doors that that opens. So yeah. When people say jazz, I have uh, experienced personally that it can mean lots of different things. Oh hell yeah! So to you, what do oh, you mean god. when you say jazz?
0: So, I mean, growing up, I think for me, it meant one thing, and now it has evolved into so much more. And growing up, it meant big band. It meant MGM musicals. It meant swing. It meant Benny Goodman. It meant Glenn Miller. It meant going from that into 50s music okay. and then going into the Beatles and then learning from there and then going into prog rock and then that just exploded <laughs> and then but there's so much that's, that's what it started after me but then it evolved after that to Frank and Ella
1: okay Frank's natural and, and, and then standards yeah. so
0: there's like there's like big band jazz there's standards jazz then there's mid-century jazz and then there's bebop and then there's hard bop and then it continues on to everything so it is it has evolved so what that answer is has definitely changed yeah. yeah so now i think of it as this improvisational cool addictive thing okay and fu- and there's there's so many of them and and musicians and not just the band leaders it's also just or someone who had a band it's also just the players there's so many guys right
1: you could just obsess over like this uh it's, famous bassist who oh you know yeah like uh, for me I you know played the drum so Grady Tate was like what uh oh he's tracks from here to playing Twin Peaks to getting a shout out on the Beastie Boys you know <laughs>
0: so that's funny because it's I I play a lot of instruments I play by ear and I I play multiple and it's usually just string but I'm like, oh, my God, these horn guys, like all that, like, that's so funny because I don't, I don't think, I, I mean, piano, yes, piano's my main instrument. Okay, But still, all the horn guys fascinate me. And, like, <laughs> I'm the clarinet and, like, my God, it's just such a foreign instrument to me. Anything brass yeah. is so foreign to me. So I actually get, go to that direction go because I can't do it. Okay, interesting. Like, what is that? And what is that noise? How are you making this happen? <laughs> How are you happen? making that noise? Yeah.
1: Uh, so when I asked you to describe your basic of jazz, you started with... Evolution. Yeah, That seems like such a natural uh, uh, thing that your mind goes to of how does all these different pieces connect together. Yeah. When you first discovered it as, as a kid, yeah. did was your mind already working that way where you were like, ooh, cool, I love this 1930s music, but how does that lead to Big Band to Swing to yeah. the Beatles? To- I was a
0: weird kid.
2: I was <laughs> like, I had,
0: you know, I had, I had Cary Grant in my locker hanging up. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, and black and white photos and, and, and like early Beatles and like I was just... A weird teenager. Yeah. And um, like even even on Saturday nights, I'd stay home when I was like 13 or 14. And there was the show in New York called Cousin Brucie. And I'm really aging myself here. But it was on <laughs> 101.1 FM. And Cousin Brucie would do a, like a two, three hour show. And it was all 50s music. This is when they played 50s music, like early okay. 50s music back back then. And now you can't find that. There was no satellite radios right. or anything like that. So that plus Turner Classic movies. AMC used to show American movie classics. That was like a <laughs> thing. So like yeah. I grew up on early, you know, Turner Classic movies and I was obsessed with Frank Sinatra movies and um, Mel Torme was in a lot of those oh, movies yeah. and, you know, and then all the MGM musicals and even bef- you know, even we're talking about skinny black and white Frank too, which yeah. was, which is, and I just was, I was always the kid who was hanging around the adults. Okay. I was one of those, like the other kids were playing and I wanted to sit around the table listening to the adults kvetch, you know. Oh, that's very interesting because yeah.
1: I think sometimes when I talk to different people who have interests from older times than, than when they were alive, yeah. um, either movies or music or whatever, sometimes it's a sort of like I want to understand that era, I want to understand the past, but that's really interesting to look at it as these are adult things.
0: Yeah, I and guess And that's how so. you were
1: approaching it as a kid of like jazz is an adult form of music. Maybe.
0: I don't... I was... My, my teachers always said I was an old soul. I don't yeah. know why. I just... It was just my... Something attracted me to what it was 30 years before I was born. Yeah. It was just one of those things. Maybe I equated it with that. That's a good question. I never thought of it that way. But yeah, I, I guess... Yeah, I guess I, I guess I must have associated that with that. Yeah. But I think you either have it in you or you don't. It either clicks with you or it doesn't. And it did.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think for me there's like a little bit of a, a mystery of understanding that past. Okay. And for me, like there was this uh, big big Sinatra fan and there was a real uh, sort of needle drop moment for me in understanding the world. Because at first I just bought a couple of his albums that have like some of his not as great songs – because it was kind of like funny, and I was I'm a comedian, and so I'm like this this will be funny, and then like oh, oh wait, Yes these yeah this yeah this album has the coffee song on it, and the coffee song is ridiculous, right. but the rest of it is amazing. And starting yes. to understand swing is like oh, it has the same attitude as rock and roll, but it expresses it entirely differently.
0: Right. In realizing
1: for me, it was a, a way of understanding the that the world does repeat itself
0: and evolve
1: and and evolve yeah yeah that there's a there's uh yeah that contrast between it's
0: very very different Mm -hmm.
1: but it is also so much the same
0: and it came from somewhere like you know rock and roll came from bebop and yeah it's like you can hear and it's and it's what's but what's the fascinating about the new jazz that i've learned in the past just decade because i started back when i was a kid in the big band swing when i got to los angeles at usc it was uh, it was uh, the craziest coincidental time of swingers and big band music was oh, wow. And so and and I came to this thing and I saw men in saddle shoes and I, and women in swing skirts and I was like, where am I? What is this? What what magical hole have I fallen into? Because I was on Long Island in New York and it just it had not hit there. So on campus it was like you would go to the derby and you you know. It was crazy. I was like, I was living in like this magical thing I've always wanted and met other like-minded people who were into this. I was like, it was just, it was a great time. It was was just super cool timing and a coincidence. And that's when I got more into the Capitol Records, Ella Fitzgerald, and more of the Rat Pack and more of that. I mean, I always sort of was into the Rat Pack, obviously because of Frank, but... All the Capitol years was great. And seeing the Capitol Records building, it's just, it's insane. So that kind of built more and more. And then I learned a lot more about the kitsch of the mid-century music, which is like a lot of Esquivel and all of that bizarre in-between music, between rock and roll and, you know, like it was that weird late 40s to mid-50s, like 55 and before, before like Rock Around the Clock started and all that stuff. It was just this weird, kitschy, chunk of music was really fascinating so yeah. that that was college and then the 2000s kind of were a blur and <laughs> I kind of left a lot of music behind for multiple reasons but um, it's something I've been in the past 10 years I've gotten more towards the I wouldn't say modern jazz but mid-century jazz more 50s and 60s okay. which a lot of stuff was going on so going back through history of jazz is fascinating of of who affected who. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: So uh going back to your your youth yeah. you w- did m- music you performed music?
0: I did. I so I, yeah I played I started playing by ear since I was like 4. Okay. So my my, my I think my dad had bought me I guess this was before my parents got divorced. I think they bought me an organ, a little organ. Okay. And I just took to it and I played by ear. So, you know, there was no YouTube back then. <laughs> right. So, like, if I wanted to learn Vince Guaraldi Trio, I would, you know, <laughs> I'd have a VHS and run and pause it and then go learn it and pause it and go back and listen and just, you know, learn everything by ear. I just, I, I, I tried lessons Once I heard it a few times, I didn't need to read it anymore. And once again, reading is like math to me. So my brain would shut down. So then I kind of fooled the teachers by hearing it and then just knowing it. Yeah. So I kind of got through that way. But it's funny because like I, I remember having one teacher where he was like, she's not doing well, blah, blah, blah. My mom got mad. She said, Jen, just play. Don't don't read. Just play. So I started playing Chariots of Fire. And I was probably about seven or eight by then. And the teacher got really pissed. So the next day... That's
1: a great song to prove that you are actually a champion, right? (laughs) when,
0: When I couldn't play like Mr. Frog is Full of Hops, and it was like really simple, and I couldn't read that, but I could play Chariots of Fire, then they were like... I was like a party trick person where they blindfold me and I'd play backwards and shit like that. I wow. was, I was But, you know, now I'm rusty so those days are gone. But um, I, I didn't have really great teachers, I think, for piano because the next day after I played that, I think he needed to feel like he had to one-up a seven-year-old so he would. <laughs> we had to sit there and listen to him play it. Chariots of Fire,
1: yeah. To show that he could do it yes. too. That's yeah. just sad. So
0: for a, for a seven- or eight-year-old it was very discouraging and embarrassing and it was weird. Like I I didn't understand. And so I think it ever since then, it just was, I just shied away from it. And then, and then I picked up the guitar in high school and then bass and I'm a lefty and Paul McCartney was a huge influence on me. So yeah, it went from there and, and, but, but not reading, I think was always a big hindrance for me, especially wanting to do it for a living in the future because film scores were my life. John Williams was my life. Okay. And, um, and trying to do that formally back when there was the pro tools really had just started to exist it yeah. really existed you didn't go to usc and not read you yeah just didn't really do that not yet anyway now you can do almost anything anywhere because of digital technology but back then it was you know i just didn't have the brain for it frustrating okay yeah
1: that's fascinating so mm. uh yeah, to this day, just so I understand um, your abilities, your superpowers more, like, when you hear a, a score, do you just know, like, oh, yeah, so that's that note, that's that uh, chord, like, are you still able to just, like, hear it?
0: He, I mean, in terms of, like, what, you mean the names of the chords and things? Hell no. It's, like,
1: like sense of memory Like, of where that's your a minor go? seventh, I wouldn't know. Okay. Like,
0: but, like, if I can, I can pick out stuff absolutely, like, Jurassic Park or yeah. whatever it might be um yeah I mean or I'll know who's who's, who someone is immediately just by the way it sounds I mean obviously John Williams is really obvious but there's (laughs) other people where you'd be like who is that again and you know I'm pretty good with that stuff I mean I I mean even it's funny because everyone thinks you know John and of course Close Encounters is one of my favorite scores ever but like he started in the 60s he started he did Gilligan's Island he did Lost (laughs) in Space you know and and like that early sound that he learned back then and like one of his most underrated scores is Catch Me If You Can. Yeah. Which is so cool in 60s. It's like, oh, yeah, he was there back then. He it's knows exactly. It's very jazzy, isn't it? Super jazzy and yeah. super cool. And I'm like, every time that movie's on, I'm like, oh, fuck, I can't
2: change it now. <laughs> I have to keep it
0: on because the score is so good. I'll just hear from the other one and be like... And and he did charade. I mean, there's a lot of, or he was at least on. I think he was at least one of the musicians on that. So wow. it was just really cool. Yeah. So there's a reason this is all kind of connected yeah, it all for connected me in a lot of ways.
1: So you you have you show an early gift towards music. Uh, some yeah. jerky teachers make it difficult. <laughs> yeah, but you still end up going to college uh, for film score is that right
0: well i wanted to okay so, uh, so, so basically i went into film so i got into the film production program at usc because i always loved film by the way yeah. and but i figured i'll go to usc into film production and i'll move towards film scoring and then i'll try to get into the film scoring program and then i'm like oh yeah this is number one hard you need you <laughs> need the, the discipline and you need to understand it's just a math for me yeah so that it was always such a hindrance i'm like oh yeah there's a bunch of old guys who are, don't want some young broad who can't read and go to try to do like, you know, classically trained stuff. It just, it wasn't in my brain, unfortunately. So I, I kept it as doing my own themes for my own movies or whatever it was. And I, and I, and I, it kind of fell by the wayside slowly. Once I got to California, my music kind of drifted past. And well, except for the band, I was in the band for a little while when I moved back to New York During September 11th, which was a very bad timing to be in a band. And then everything dried up in New York and I came back to Los Angeles. And then the rest is history.
1: Okay. Yeah. And then you you found your current career as As a a TV writer. writer, Yeah. Yeah, Or, well,
0: in the business and development. I started in development. Okay. And then moved to, I've done, I was a picture editor and a sound person and script supervising and post-product. I've done every job. You have worked hard. Yeah. But uh, while writing at the same time.
1: Yeah. Wow. Um, (laughs) Have you. have there been points in your life where you saw this ability to hear and play and play well, yeah, uh, but not read as something to be proud of, to some, to be something to see it as um, intuitive or rebellious, or <laughs> there's not? You don't always have to be in the box, right? Like cause everything you're describing is people. To me, this is my bias: yeah. is people trying to keep you in a box. A, you know, a teacher who wants to show you right. this is the way it should be done, right? And, and an industry that isn't going to let you in because you have to read. Well, it sounds like. You don't have to read.
0: Right. You can play. Right. I think if I was my age, like if I was a teenager now, I mean, I think my whole life would be very different. Yeah. Because you you can now. Not that you couldn't before. I mean, you could do anything you want if you if you bust your ass hard enough.
1: Yes. I think. Uh, I, I think <laughs> that's I, clear from your life. <laughs>
0: right. Well, I think it was a curse for me more than like, uh, like something to be proud of. I think it was cool. I mean, people thought it was cool, but it didn't help me go that career that yeah. i wanted unfortunately i think now it's nice to be able to pick up stuff and i'm also playing and i've and just in the past few years for many once again for the longer story why I, <laughs> I stopped playing music i started playing music again the past few years and and i'm and, and i never had youtube before i'm like you can learn anything <laughs> visually. I'm like, this is, if I had this growing up, it would yeah. my whole life would be different. I'm like, oh, my God. So that's dangerous because I can go down the rabbit hole and never see anyone again.
1: Uh, just, because you uh, can get anything. music. Just yeah. playing
0: music, yeah.
1: Yeah, so what kind of videos? When you say you can see it on YouTube, what do you mean?
0: Like, if I was like, oh, how do you play? Like, especially because I've been, you know, I've always loved jazz, piano, but it was so foreign to me. Yeah. Because I, I, I was so more scores and classical kind of stuff. Or making my own pieces which were more film scorey yeah which in that case is more in a classical sense and then seeing all the new jazz i'm like my god look at all this stuff and i always kind of played bebop jazz uh more like you know 12 bar blues like okay. that kind of thing so, so more of like a boogie woogie yeah more of a boogie woogie jazz i that kind of piano but there's like there's some Like hard bop jazz that like is so cool. I'm like my god. I would love to learn all this stuff. So it's just cool. I can now look at those kind of videos that exist, and you can put try to put a song in with a specific title or a specific type of thing. And by the way, I mean, I love you know. I played rock and roll guitar as well. So like, there's Van Halen songs. I've we've I think we've talked about (laughs) in the past where I'm like, yeah. Now I could like learn and see stuff that I really couldn't see before yeah so it's yeah. really really cool
1: so there are videos of people actually playing so yeah, you can like see where the fingers go exactly, literally okay yes that's
0: yeah. really cool and hear it and so it's like yeah then that's the way I, I now I now I can hear it and see it when growing up all I could do is hear it yeah and then figure it out yeah. Now it's like, oh my God! Like <laughs> having twelve thousand teachers who aren't jerks.
1: So <laughs> the YouTube teachers who, who aren't jerks. jerks. That's good branding <laughs> That's, for YouTube.
0: That is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so uh, obviously, you've had a an interesting and uh, complex life when mu- music and jazz has been kind of woven through it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, with partially with like your activities, but how has jazz stayed with you? Just as a fan, just as like I'm going to listen to this, not about doing it, but listening to it. Has it stayed consistent in your life?
0: It has not stayed consistent I think that's was a bummer because growing up all the way up until I left college was super consistent and then when I started working in the business and then a lot of I, th- I think I think more rock stayed my progressive rock stayed a lot of you know my, the Beatles kind of wa- waned a little bit because I was obsessed and, like the whole other <laughs> that's a whole other podcast but like that kind of stuff waned and in in the in the late 2000s were a little tough I you know it was my relationship was tough and now that I'm divorced it's it's I it's something I can kind of explore again so there's this kind of hole from like 2002 to 2010 or 11 and then in the past few years i started trying to build that up again and, and trying to re- reconnect with that but pandora has made and, and spotify have destroyed me because now okay. i can have anything <laughs> i want and i'm like especially spotify because i only that's really recent for me i'm like oh i can make things i can make lists and like I, you know it's like oh my god it's the worst and the best ever yeah so so it has been inconsistent and i i, I kind of like grew an aversion to music for a little while and i think it's finally back and it's amazing and how much i missed it and now yeah. i'm gobbling it up again in the past like through the 2010s Okay. And, to, and that was 2019, because yeah. we're almost there, you know what I mean? So I'm like, holy crap, the decade's almost over.
1: Yeah, you got a lot to absorb. A lot to um, absorb, yeah. Yeah, we mentioned a, a couple of like vocalists in the jazz world, mm-hmm. but for more uh, instrumental jazz, do you yeah. have like a favorite from youth or from now?
0: Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's so funny, because it's... I feel like there's been so many influences, and it's... I think I've gone... Because I was so in the 30s and 40s. yeah. And then '50s picked up for rock and roll for me, but there's so much. There was so much cool jazz going on at that time in the in '30s and '40s and '50s that I didn't even know about. Like that now in the past decade that I've learned so much more. Like I mean, so if you go back to the turn of the century, we're talking about like Jelly Roll, like back in the in the in the teens, like starting putting down what jazz even was and blues was, and then. In the 20s and 30s, it was Louis Armstrong and and Duke Ellington. And then that that changed, like, Louis Armstrong changed everything. Yeah. And then once again, and that I didn't even know about, you know, because then there was Benny Goodman and Glenn Miller and that really big band swing that came out of that. And Ella started then and all of that. And yeah, then Chick
1: Webb, right? Yeah.
0: And with Chick Webb, right, and that was his her first break, although he was a jerk about it at first. That's a whole other podcast.
1: <laughs> but thank God. Band leaders who didn't want to let their singers go. And
0: it was the best decision he ever made. So, and he obviously he didn't live a very long time, unfortunately, but um, but it helped her career. So did Marilyn Monroe helped her career too. It's like amazing, but that's a whole other podcast.
2: <laughs> um, and so, like
0: I, like I told you, my brain goes everywhere because I, I love this stuff so much. But then... In the in like the late, I was like thirty nine or forty. Like Charlie Parker came in, and like so, all this Kansas City jazz was happening while Glenn Miller was happening, while Benny Goodman was happening. And it's like
1: so they're sort of making a popular version of it, and then the Kansas City is a little bit more experimental. It was
0: it started becoming more experimental, but people didn't know about it until probably forty five. Okay, like so, uh, I think. I don't think Charlie Parker. Charlie Parker changed everything okay. in terms of modern jazz, and I and that was and that was Dizzy Gillespie and him, and and out of that came Lee Morgan and, and Hank Mobley and Thelonious Monk and all of those guys, and like, and you can hear that progression. It all came from Charlie Parker, which was. Amazing. And he is like, I, I don't know if this is the right way to phrase it, but like he found the notes in between the notes.
2: Okay. Yeah. He
0: found things that you just didn't do. And it was just so cool. And it, people just didn't discover it for a long time till after World War Two. But all of that sound was really the 50s. Yeah. And, and through all the way through the 60s. I mean, like Lee Morgan's one of my favorite art farmer I mean, even Cal Chater, which had a more Bossa Nova feel, and okay. a lot of people don't know about Cal.
1: I've never heard that
0: name. Yeah, yeah. And, and he, and I mean, there's Dave Brubeck. I mean, there's a million in Oscar <laughs> Peterson Trio, and there's there's so many, and there's a there's a few great documentaries out there. I think that touches a lot of my interests, yeah. which is, I mean, obviously, Ken Burns' jazz is like the definitive. Also, I'm obsessed with documentaries <laughs> and, 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 and nonfiction. Like, my life in the past couple of years have been nonfiction, Jazz and The Simpsons have, like, gotten through life. <laughs> Those three things. Yeah. So, um, So, yeah, Ken Burns, Jazz. There's uh, the new Quincy documentary. Okay. On Netflix, which is really great. And his daughter put that out, and she did a really good job. And there's just interesting stuff that you forget about because he made Frank Sinatra's career, too. I mean, he helped with that yeah. along with his early, early stuff. I mean, his capital years is so much Quincy. And then there's um, – I called him – Morgan, which is about Lee Morgan. Oh no, I called him Lee. I think it was. Okay. Called, I called him Lee, and it was it was an interesting documentary. It's a little long, but um, it's it's a fascinating look at this guy, and he had a tragic end. And it's it's from the point of view of the woman who killed him, which is oh, wow. his wife, and it's really fascinating. But he is he comes from that school, like he's fantastic. I mean, if you could hear three songs from Lee Morgan, it would be like "Sweet Honey Bee," "Solita," and. Maybe like maybe if you're ready for a cornbread because cornbread's <laughs> a little long, but it's awesome. And like it like there's just there's such interesting stuff that came out of that. And you could all hear Charlie Parker.
2: In yeah. There.
0: And they all a lot of these guys played together. And it's just so cool. And I'm learning all this. And I'm like, oh, my God, there's a new guy and another guy and another guy. And there's a drummer. and there's... So it's endless. All the stuff I'm learning now yeah. that 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 I didn't grow up with as much. So I had more mid-century kitsch standard music yeah like you know like mel and ella and frank and and then the the really big band MJ musicals when i was a kid yeah. so now the past decade it just been much more mid-century and more modern like yeah. i haven't really even gone past 1969 in my jazz yet so yeah. i have so much more to discover but were, like
1: studying this like obviously you're just listening to it in enjoying it, but yeah, th- this is where your mind goes is to study it, learn, and kind yeah, kind of dissect who influenced who yes. and how it progressed and all that.
0: Yeah, and it's cool because then you're like, oh, you can hear that and like, like, like M- Miles Davis and and Charlie Parker did a song I think called Coco, and like you hear that song, you're like, oh god, you can hear everyone in that. Like yeah. that affected a lot of people, and it's just really cool. Yeah, and it, yeah, I I, I love. I'm also a very social person, so I like to know who affected who psychologically. Yeah, like who Just knew her, who? Yeah, who knew who? Who was playing with who? It's, it's really fascinating. Yeah, and it's a new thing I got to have gotten to discover in the past, much more recently. Cool. Yeah.
1: So obviously, you you have the skill to be analytical. But also still like uh, being yep. uh, <laughs> a little too much sometimes. romantic in the general sense of like oh who knew who imagine these people sitting in the room together yes. all that yes
0: absolutely how much
1: I feel like one of the either truths or stereotypes depending on your perspective about mm-hmm. jazz is that it is improvisational right that there is room to kind of make it up as you go and create new things right do you think that's true
0: I, I think I think that's a lot of it I don't think that's only it because. It had thank God it's gotten written down. Thank God yeah. there's recordings. <laughs> and sometimes not every recording is the same. I mean, it depends on the it depends on what era you're talking about, what style. Right. I, I think I think more Bebop and hard bop was a lot more improvisational. I mean and and the live stuff is really where I mean, I think once you're in the recording studio. There are arrangements. I mean, arrangements yeah. are underrated. I think in people's minds for jazz. I mean, because
1: there's this stereotype like it's about riffing.
0: Yeah, it's not just that. I mean, you can do you know twelve bar blues and walk into a place and you can have that language. Yeah. With other players, but that doesn't mean there's not amazing arrangements. And what's so funny is you can have that same arrangement and have I, oh God. There's the, what song is it? I think it was like Chick Webb's band and. Benny Goodman's band had the same arrangement of something okay. and you can hear massive differences <laughs> on how that is. You're like, "Oh my god. Yeah. That song was just like kind of slow and that kind of more white bread and then Chick was like, "Oh my god. Yeah.
1: Let's go crazy with that. Let's
0: go. Yeah. And but you can hear like it it also what's nice about arrangements is you can hear the difference in how good a band is or not. Right. By that that exact thing but played yeah. differently, which is really cool.
1: So that kind of when you're talking about like uh this interesting mix of it is arranged. Yeah. But maybe there's even room for a solo of like, you know, you have this many bars. You right, know, right. the solo needs to be in this key mm-hmm. for it to be recognizable. If you're playing any part of a melody, mm-hmm. you have to basically play the melody. But within that, we're live. You're the, you know, the right. horn player. Go nuts. Right. Does that mixture of structure and improvisation, is that attractive to you?
0: Yeah, because I'm, I've always been very improvisational and, trying to figure out things on the fly and not I think that is what it comes for me not like following the rules although if I could do the rules I would but like (laughs) it's like I don't know how to do this so I'm just gonna sort of try to do it and so yes I think for me that that definitely hits home
1: yeah yeah absolutely I think that's part of what uh one of the many things that attracted me to Frank Sinatra once I started to get into I'm certainly like learning about his life and like oh a skinny. Kid, who was looked down on. I kind of looked, uh, you know, related to that right. uh, for lots of different reasons. Yeah. But uh, but th- there's a sort of restless spirit to. Yeah, I'm actually I'm absolutely gonna sing this song and you can recognize it. But I'm gonna get bored in concert and I'm gonna bend this note in a weird way or change right. this melody or.
0: And I think Frank got there in 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 the 60s, in the 50s. Yeah, um, at the Sands and all that, and he just like he was just the king at that point, and he didn't he didn't have to answer to anybody or do it. Anything. I mean, th- th- I mean, it took a while because he was in trouble for a bit here and there. Yeah. But, but, but it's like he just he was not the skinny kid at all anymore. No, he was, no, no, he was, he was like, the he was skinny the king. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> the chairman. Yeah. yeah, but
1: just that that sense of play. Yes, is is what it was very powerful to me and you yes. know, affected me a lot uh, it, in even doing really different art forms. Yes, uh, and I
0: think prog rock has a lot of that. That's why they are so damn long, these songs sometimes. So I'm saying there's different genres that do that, but I feel like no one does that better than jazz. Yeah. So what
1: what stereotypes is the word I'm going to use, but maybe it's not the right word. Okay. What, What associations with jazz do you like? Because I think the general cultural association is like, oh, you're at... A bar and it's cool and you're having a cocktail. Like, oh, right. do you like those cultural associations? Do they think they're they're fair or are they not? I mean, I you? love that.
0: I mean, that's a. I mean, if, if any stereotype that I'll take that one. That's cool <laughs> because it's it's it it's fun and it's a night out and it and it and it sometimes it even reminds me of the holidays. The, a lot of that jazz was played at the holidays and a lot of people are exposed to jazz because of Christmas songs, which is right. crazy. Like people who don't normally listen to jazz, there's a lot of 50s and 60s jazz that happen to be Christmas songs. Right, and, and they've lived on because, yeah, because yeah. of that. So it's like it, it's – I associate it with relaxation. Like, I just, As I've gotten older, I've just gone more towards the large big bands to simple, small – arrangements and i think okay. maybe that's just because you get older and you're like and I, and and just i've just been jazz nonstop the past year or two <laughs> because and i i know big big rock and roll big you know all the other stuff but something that's just something really comforting about maybe just where i am in my life right yeah. now i don't know
1: do you feel like there's like an elegance and an intelligence to jazz that you can feel when you're listening to it because it is approached as that's interesting something to be I think it's because it is a music that must be mastered, Mm -hmm. but then there's also this idea of like, but we're never done mastering it. Yeah, I mean, these are
0: geniuses. I think on a you know that that I'm listening to, and it's like it's amazing. I mean, then again, also you can listen to Mozart and you know Chopin and all of that, and they're geniuses as well. It's just. There is, I mean, I think there is an elegance because rock and roll is like the hardcore and the the gr- the gruff and the you know there's that certain stereotype. I mean, I guess if there's any stereotype, it's intelligence and elegance. Yeah. Uh, I, but there's also these are hard drinking, smoking, <laughs> you know, drug. You know, some of them had had very bad ends. I mean, yeah. you know, Charlie Parker. Did, and a lot of the well, Lee was shot. That's a whole separate story. But um, a lot of these people had. Tough time. So there is a weird balance of cool, elegant jazz club, and then there's sweaty, smoking, I am poor, broke. I mean, these guys didn't eat. So for me, I think I know too much. (laughs) So... I yeah. had that relaxing time, but I also know how tough it was. Yeah, so and there are lots of
1: stories of appropriation, right, of of oh. music being developed by black people and then not oh, yeah. not uh not, some of them not getting the acclaim that they Absolutely.
0: should. Absolutely, and also, I mean, there was no integration. Unless you were at the Savoy, you couldn't go into clubs in certain places. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy. It, it, it drives me crazy when I hear about it. I'm like, I literally am sitting there to myself. I'm like, that is so freaking stupid. Like, <laughs> it makes me angry, which is, it's so funny because for as much, we all know Frank Sh- Sh- Sinatra's shortcomings, but yeah. one of them was not, was he was very, he got very angry at racism, and he was very yeah. against that. And
1: Yeah, he he uh, helped uh, Sammy Davis Jr. achieve, yeah. uh, get, I should say, he helped him get the access to achieve what, what the he, Sammy Davis Jr.'s talents, is talents allowed him to do. Absolutely. Because he was, yeah, amazing.
0: Yeah, and it's, and, and I think we talked about Marilyn Monroe, like she'd sit in the front row and like make sure, like she got her. Ella into the Macombo wow. in L.A. in the in the, the mid fifties, and without her, you know, it would have been a little more difficult. Even though she, you know, Ella had been playing since the thirties. Yeah. By the way, people people forget about those early Tisket tasket, <laughs> early thirties and forties. Ella, yeah, but um, because uh, her. <sighs> Boy, did she start scatting and wailing, and she was amazing. Yeah. So, anyway, I see this is I the know. problem. I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I go off on tangents. This is a problem. Yes. I love it too much. No, I understand.
1: Yes. Yeah. If, if nobody is ever, uh, if you're listening and you want to hear a, a bit of, uh, both musical and I think comedic brilliance. Uh, Ella Fitzgerald not knowing the words to Mac the Knife.
0: Oh my god, it's the uh, best. In
1: live concert. I think in Berlin and just making it up.
0: It's kinda how I now sing Mac the Knife. I don't I have to not know the words either because I know the Ella version <laughs> so damn much. That's really funny. So we
1: tried to do Mac the Knife. <laughs> right. yeah. Uh have you ever applied anything that you've learned from jazz to any other endeavor? Anything from writing to uh oh, yeah. chocolateering? <laughs> oh yeah.
0: Oh yeah. No, absolutely, because my the pilot I just wrote Takes place in 1960. Okay, at the Sands. So it, wow. it's my, So it's called Opal, and it's about a showgirl that's caught between the CIA and the mob trying to kill Castro. <laughs> and this woman is, and it's kind of like a, you know, a serious kind of HBO drama. it's 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 half Mad Men, half The Americans. Okay, and it's the opening is them on stage um at the at the Ocean's 11 premiere at the Sands. Oh, that's amazing. So, so that whole like so yeah, the music has absolutely affected me and yeah. so I just went right to the core of because I, I you know, I do a lot of sci-fi fantasy and I wanted well not me just wanted my managers were like just write something so different and what you don't normally right attempt and I I'm a, a huge fan of history and I'm like I love historical stuff so I get obsessed with that too. So I knew if I was going to just pull something out of my ass, it had to be something I could delve into. So like yeah. reading the CIA Family Jewels documents and all of that time period. Also, I'm Italian, so I understand the mafia thing very well. And I grew up around that kind of attitude and environment. Okay. So I, my, I'm not, we're not family. We're not connected. So yeah, <laughs> we're, we're not in olive oil. So that's not that. But in general, um, yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do something I love. And I started there. So yeah, absolutely. Very recently. Yeah. Even specifically has absolutely affected That's my writing. That's really cool. Thanks. I really
1: want to watch this show. I hope it, guess me, that would be phenomenal. I'll
0: let you read it. <laughs>
1: well, yeah, please. I would love to. Yeah. If I can just read the pilot. Yeah, I, yeah, that yeah. Sounds absolutely up my alley. Um, speaking of uh, Hollywood creations, how do you feel about the movie La La Land?
0: Oh dear. Well, it was it was a great podcast. I was, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm
1: just
0: gonna go now. Um, uh, it's
1: just it's a fascinating movie to me because it it's was really... such a lightning rod, and to me, it seemed like oh, this is a this is a fun movie about Hollywood and trying to make it right. in jazz and being a certain age and all that.
0: I appreciate it. I f- appreciate for what it is, and it's also very polarizing. Yeah, people either love it. Like I just found out, my dad loves it. And I was like, what? That's crazy. And then, and then there's other people who are like, throw this movie out the window. I'm going to like throw up. It's so weird. Yeah. So for me personally, I think because it, it doesn't end great, yeah, it's like, oh man, you know, depressing. But it's it, the, also the actors are brilliant, of course. Are they just, they can't sing that well. And I feel like if you're going to do that, maybe... Try to marry someone who's who's proficient at both. Yeah. Um, and there was some prettiness, and there was some interesting choreography. But it's it's. I also love that they filmed it at Smokehouse, <laughs> yes. which is really cool. Like, I th- I also do love that when I see like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, like right. to see. I'm a big fan of old history in terms of like buildings and architecture yeah. in Los Angeles, and to see places that I can recognize is really cool. So I, I can appreciate it for what it is. But it's definitely not one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, I wish it was. And I gave it a. Chance, but I don't know. How do you feel about it?
1: Oh, I I enjoyed it for what it was, but okay. like, um, yeah, it was enjoying some of the watching Emma Stone teleport from like a block or two from my home to right. suddenly being in Hollywood and then opening a door and traveling to Burbank magically. Right. That was a that was all. That's all very. When you fun. know this
0: stuff, you're like, it just gets weird. When you're like, oh yeah,
1: yeah. To me, it did seem like um, it was a throwback to it had a little bit more modern sensibilities, but a little bit yeah. of a throwback to. It's a, a love story with some other trappy. Which
0: is why I appreciated them trying to do it. it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I understand it was it was fascinating that it became a lightning rod. I think it was partially yeah. when it came out that we had a lot on our minds. We still do culturally. like extremely important things happening. Right, right. So a movie where like two insanely attractive people right. can't get exactly what they want, I think <laughs> was fascinating to me of like, oh, I understand how that would make people very mad.
0: Right, right. Yeah, that's funny. For me, it was more technical of the annoyance of, oh God, these are very nice people, but, and I like their work, but I can't, my ears hurt. (laughs) So for, yeah, but I don't know.
1: I love all this. I love singing. I I think I have a good voice, but I cannot sing. So I think maybe I related
2: to them. (laughs)
0: That's that's the one thing I'm always so bummed. I don't, because I can play many instruments i just can't play my voice which yeah. sucks oh because yeah. if i could do anything i would want to sing like all Fitzgerald. i mean well oh. then again who wouldn't i mean yeah. that's just a stupid statement Absolutely. but you know what i mean i would love to sing and when i do sing like a karaoke or something and the people force me to do it i'll always pick a standard yeah i, I don't really pick like rock and roll songs i'll pick the julie london Okay. Or, you know, or something that is, like, really easy level of gel uh, of Ella or something that's okay. not, like, you know, going to make me look ridiculous.
1: So you can sing, though? Uh.
0: You just, you just... I, I can sing better as an adult than I did growing up. I don't know why. Maybe it's because... I now sing more standards and and jazz kind of stuff than I did growing up. Cause rock and roll, I don't really have that rock and roll voice and I do do harmonies. I'm a good harmony person. I think that comes from my ear so I can harmonize almost anything. Yeah. Um, So, but, but like, yeah, I'm not like, I, I bet you if I took lessons, I could probably do it. And I think that'd be something interesting to, that's great. That's another. That's another hobby. I'll start picking <laughs> up now.
2: Great. Sorry. So I'll sorry, see you sorry. in two thousand
0: ninety-eight.
1: I'm a monster. <laughs> but if you can, um, if you can hear music by ear, I would imagine that translates to your voice too. Like that, you can find a note. I think it. Right? Yeah,
0: I think it's. And I think it's just the discipline of the instrument itself yes, and learning to training. control it. Okay. I think that's where really the stretching, and the exercises, and the lessons would come in. Yeah. Um. Which is probably good because I don't, do you read when you sing? Do you have to read? I guess you, uh, Some I, I guess think you a do, lot huh? of singers
1: do because that, that's another bit of Frank lore that inspired me of like he never learned to read music, but, oh, that's, he, but he knew all the notes right.
0: That's right. Okay. Yeah, that, and it, it's interesting. He had like well, I mean, once again that's a whole Frank Sinatra podcast, <laughs> but like he had an interesting way of holding his his mouth open and his awes and uh, there's yeah some interesting documentaries out there about him taking too, a little of
1: side breaths that he learned from Tommy Dorsey, yeah from horn players to sing like a horn player so he could bend notes and sing for longer and yeah
0: and that's like. An Mel Torme is another one that's just, I mean, theres he's the velvet fog for a reason. Yes. And it's its fascinating. Well, Like I said, that's a whole other podcast.
2: You see, <laughs> tangents.
0: I'm, I'm Tangent Queen. That's my obsession. <laughs>
2: We're
1: going to move on to our How Obsessed Are You questions. Uh, so these are questions that I ask all of my guests or variations of them. There are no right or wrong answers. Okay. Do you think about jazz every day?
0: Probably. Only because it's it's on like I have yeah. for my for my I have my Spotify and I was just like I'm just gonna call it Jen's Jazz
2: okay <laughs> so I've
0: Jen's Jazz and there's like 150 200 songs on there wow. because then well you go down the rabbit hole because then you're like oh Charlie Parker, and you're like oh Lee Morgan and he's like oh that oh the Sidewinder oh great there's this and 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 then you're like, oh Thelonious and it just it's just never ending and I'll spend three hours and be like, crap, it's four in the morning. I got to get to sleep. I can't keep making this list. I will, I will give you the list. I I will, I will, I will make that public. So you and people out there can enjoy Jen's jazz. But yeah. So uh, because if I'm going on an errand, like that's what will be in my car or at home. I'm like, it's just too damn quiet, especially then, I'm alone in the house. Now it's like, okay, I need freaking noise. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, there's only so much news I can take without jumping out a plate glass window. So let me <laughs> put on some jazz. Some jazz. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, I'm going to say yeah.
1: Yeah. Do you uh, choose a mood ever when you're listening to jazz? Do you ever like have jazz that's like, I want to listen to this to calm down or this is more frenetic and excited and I want to feel more like, yeah, I'm going to take on the world. Do you, do you sort it that way ever?
0: I I really do tend to pick very upbeat jazz. I try to not pick slow jazz just because it depresses the hell out of okay. me. Okay. Because it's fucking brilliant.
1: Yeah. Because um, it truly makes you feel more in full of like, oh, yes, that's what it sounds like. Yes. To feel sad. Yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> so I really do always keep it upbeat as much as I can. So, yeah, it's, it's always probably a pretty up tempo.
1: Okay. Yeah. Nice. Do you ever compare anything to jazz? Because that happens, I feel like, a lot where people are like, you know, it's like, Jazz, it's about the notes that aren't there. Like, a lot of things get compared to jazz.
0: Interesting. I'm not quite sure. Like, you mean, like, other forms of music, or do you mean...
1: I just feel like it comes, like, in improv, or, like, when when somebody is going to do a PowerPoint presentation they haven't entirely prepared for. Like, it'll be like jazz, you know. I'll just, I'll figure oh, it out. Oh,
0: got it. Oh. Oh. No. Because, you know what? When I think of jazz, I think of... These brilliant geniuses who <laughs> busted their ass. I mean, I guess, that, like, if I not, had to think about not it, being I guess,
1: unprepared for a PowerPoint presentation. Yeah, no. it's
0: not. It's it's there's improv, but like these people practice and sweated for all of this. Yeah, so I guess that could be a metaphor there, okay. where like this is going to be <laughs> as tough as starting out in jazz. Right. So if you're
1: <laughs> like, I wrote a pilot, I've prepared the pitch, I know exactly how I'm going to present it, I know exactly what I want the reaction in the ass. room to be. I, that's like jazz.
0: I guess I guess so, and then now I got to try all over town getting a gig
1: yeah that that's probably yes, in like that, that case, yep, uh, when people walk into your home, can they tell you're obsessed with jazz
0: well my I keep all my vinyl in a big pirate trunk, <laughs> so uh, my 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 little toluca lake house. If you walk in, it actually looks like Indiana Jones threw up everywhere. So it's it, – no. I'm going to say they are like, oh, you like – they probably say, oh, you like 40s m- movies. You like odd 70s music. You clearly okay. like Star Wars here and there. Like I like um, Billy Wilder is one of my favorite directors. Okay. So like you'll see stuff like that. But, so um, people will
1: say Old Soul. Yes,
0: Old Soul, yeah. But my vinyl is hidden, so maybe they'll see a record player. Like, yeah, I don't – Probably not. It'd okay. be more you are eclectic and you definitely like old stuff, but also it looks, you have, why do you have ancient weapons around your fireplace? <laughs> like, oh, there's a, why is that a, is that a crossbow? Like, it'd be like yeah, that. Yeah, I think a, a so crossbow eclectic.
1: really draws the eye.
0: It's, yeah, but yeah, and then, but so it's funny because I did build a music room in my office now, so now I'll have... I do have guitars all set up, so I have okay. I have my two basses out, my three guitars, and I just got a piano, which I haven't had in a very oh, long wow. time since I was a kid. I mean, it's a small electric one, but it's weighted, and it's heavy, and it's everything I always wanted, so I'm like, oh my God, and you can tweak the sounds, and it's fantastic. So I think, actually, if you go in the office, then yeah, you'd be like, oh, she plays music. You'd, you'd think. well, also, I have my Van Halen guitar, so you'd okay. be like, oh yeah, <laughs> there's the Bumblebee, yeah, so she... Yeah, so not in terms of jazz, but music, music at least is coming sure. back. Absolutely. Yeah. Nice. Yeah.
1: Um, is there any kind of jazz merch that you would want to express your love that isn't the actual music or an instrument? Would you want, like, Funko Pops or oh a God. shower curtain with saxophones on it? Or Oh,
0: my God. Let's do a Charlie Parker Funko Pop. That'd be <laughs> – or a, a Quincy Jones Funko Pop would be kind of super fun. Um, God. That's – I don't uh, – God. I think more best of vinyl, like okay. re releases would be really cool. Yeah. Also documentaries, more documentaries. I love documentaries so much.
1: So you're more about the content than wanting other objects. physical objects to express. I think vinyl. of vinyl. I think okay. I
0: think re releases of vinyl in cool ways would be the Physical object that would be awesome. Yeah. I try to play. I gotta get a better. I have a secondhand record player that I really okay. it's buzzy, and I'm like, all right, I gotta really do this because I'm I haven't had physical media in so long, and yeah. going back to vinyl again has been really interesting. So that would be worth getting a new record player. Okay, <laughs> which should be great. Cool. Yeah. Uh,
1: would you ever get a jazz inspired tattoo?
0: I am so not a tattoo person. <laughs> no, I'm bad with needles, so I would not get a tattoo. For anything, unless I don't, unless they're like this will cause immortality, then I'll be like, all right, fine. I'd be like, all right, put Dizzy Gillespie on my arm. But you know,
1: if I would live forever, is it just about the not liking the needles, not liking the pain, or is it more about the I'm you're not a permanent mark on your body? I think person? it's, but all of them. I okay. think literally all <laughs> of them. That's funny.
0: It's all of those things <laughs> equally right.
1: understandable. Yeah. Uh, if you got stuck in an elevator, how long would it take for jazz to come up in conversation?
0: Oh man, I'm so MacGyver. I'd be thinking about twenty thousand ways yeah, of to get you out. Would. So yeah, no, it wouldn't come up. It wouldn't come. up. You would, would stay focused up. on the task at hand. Yep, I would be like, all right, what do I have in my purse? How can I hotwire this thing, or call for help, or climb out something?
1: Okay, what <laughs> yeah. if you what if you got you're trying this and you're you're calling and you get a call from like the security people and say, yep, we know there's nothing to worry about. We're gonna fix it, but it's gonna be two hours, and you're just in there with three strangers, oh. and you have to pass the time.
0: I'd probably ask more questions to them okay. than anything else, probably, so I wouldn't have to talk. And I would just, yeah. So I get weird in social situations like that. I'm great throwing parties and in groups, but like with strangers, I'm a little funny with strangers. It's a little tougher for me. I think I grew okay. up very sheltered and very Italian and don't talk to strangers and don't cross the street and try not to breathe and be careful, don't turn, don't blink. Yeah. <laughs> so it's very, very strict growing up so that, i think it wasn't very loose
1: it was that a part specifically of your uh italian upbringing that it being very social and gregarious with your known groups but not as much with strangers
0: yeah I, I think it depends some some italians are very big and loud and wide and open for that stuff i uh, then again my parents got divorced when i was seven so my mom's side was very okay much that way and i've reconnected with my dad recently and he is so super chill. I'm like,
2: oh, oh, okay, that makes some sense now.
0: I'm finding out who I am now, which is really cool. But um, yeah, I think I'd ask more, I'd ask more questions yeah. than anything else in an elevator. <laughs> That's my long answer to that.
1: It's a, no, it's a great answer. And I've become uh, fascinated with that question because I would – it's partially because I'm used to doing – podcast now
0: you would do the same thing yeah
1: i'm more comfortable asking people about themselves first and if they ask me i would be more than happy to talk about myself but or or find mutual interest hopefully yeah but some people i ask like no if i'm stuck in an elevator the first thing i start talking about is sesame street (laughs) they just know like (laughs) is that right well yeah because when i don't know what else to talk about i talk about my obsession or or it's involved in people's lives in such a intricate way that like I couldn't answer any questions about myself without bringing up, you know, a love of knitting or whatever.
0: I guess for me it would be like cooking, television, music. Yeah. um, Gardening, maybe. Um, Yeah. So, no, I think it'll eventually – look, there's only three of us. It'll come around to me eventually. (laughs) So, yes, absolutely. It would eventually.
1: Eventually come. Yeah. Okay. If you heard someone say an incorrect fact about jazz at a party that you were throwing, uh, would you intervene? Would you correct them?
0: I mean, if it was a jerky statement or something like, <laughs> oh, this sucks or whatever. And, yeah. And it was like, I mean, everyone's got their opinion and their taste. Right. So I probably wouldn't. I mean, it would have to be a very extreme statement okay. for for me to do that. No, I'm only because I'm learning so much now. I mean, yeah. I know it depends on what time period of jazz we're talking about. If there's something I really know really well, I'll either add or whatever. But... um there's so much more to learn. They might be right. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, yeah, I'm not a well-actually person that much. Yeah, um, I'd probably more go and get a drink for someone or cook something. Or, okay. Yeah, take a picture. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you are clearly uh, somebody who studies and values knowing the progression and the facts and that. Does it bug you when other people don't? Or is it just like, you do your thing, oh, I'll yeah, do no. mine? Oh, yeah,
0: no. Absolutely not, no. I'm, everyone's got their thing and... And the way they might learn something or have is can help me learn something that I didn't think of because they think about it in a completely different way. So, no, it's like I think the diversity of that's probably for the best.
1: Okay. yeah, cool, cool. Uh, If the only way you could ever listen to your favorite jazz album again was by stealing a copy from Walmart, would you do it?
0: (laughs) No, (laughs) I'll just I'll just learn to play. I'll just learn to play it. I'll just learn to play it and record it for myself. <laughs>
1: that, that is a very, very productive answer. That's. A, uh, like,
0: I'll try. Let's see if I actually do it. Yeah. I'll probably get tired, fall asleep.
1: Well, that, that seems like the kind of mission that you would give yourself, honestly, though. Yeah, no, it would. Like, yeah. I will recreate this album.
0: Oh, yeah, I would. I'd be exhausted, <laughs> but I would make it my business to make it happen. Uh, is
1: the is the fast no just because you have, like, a, a strong moral sense of right and wrong and stealing is just a nope? Yeah.
0: I, about like it being worth it okay i guess is the question it's like yeah. you know i mean n- no i think it would have to be much more extreme circumstances to be something for something like that to be worth it okay you know
1: it, but i'm i'm curious to where your mind is going because most people uh when i ask this question without mm. the walmart most people are like i don't want to steal when i throw in walmart most people are like yeah screw them so i'm interested oh, is
0: that right uh, yeah Oh, uh, but, maybe but you, my moral compass is way too strict. I don't know. <laughs> I got I got to break out of that. Jeez.
1: Is it, this is what I'm interested in. Is it moral compass, or you said it's not worth the consequences? I mean, like, are if, you thinking about, like, but I'll go to prison and I, then I can't?
0: <laughs> push I mean, my that, show. I guess that'd be, and it's more like if someone's starving and you need something, yeah. it's like it has to be extreme. Someone will right. die, someone is starving. You, you know, it has to be, so okay. that's where my mind goes. Like, that's what I mean by worth it. Okay. Also worth it, jail's not, yeah, it's not worth that either, of yeah. course.
1: Okay, but so you, you went to a Robin Hood place of like, yeah. if a child would die without this Charlie Parker album, you <laughs> would steal it from Walmart.
0: <laughs> yes. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a hell of a kid. That's a hell of a kid. I want to meet this child.
1: It's an amazing child. <laughs> uh, if aliens were visiting Earth and you got to greet them, would you play them some jazz to explain our human culture? Oh
0: yeah. I'd play oh god I don't even know. I'd be like, yeah, I'd play I'd play Louis Armstrong. I would play Frank Sinatra and Ella and then I'd play Lee Morgan and go, "Listen to those horns." Do you see that? <laughs> We're weird and we've got yeah. this whole like this 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 whole diverse difference. Well, then again, I would start from Mozart and then yeah.
2: go like forward to that. So, and then
0: and then like I don't want to you know I don't want to forget my Beatles in there. Yeah. and other people. But yes, I mean,
1: but music yeah. is a pretty good way to greet aliens because I it fee- shows technical proficiency. It shows uh, um, uh, emotional range and are trying to kind of communicate with one another
0: yeah i feel like there's i'd be like look we can make some good stuff please don't kill us yeah you know i'd be like listen there's some mamba in there there's some there's some soul come on yeah don't
1: wipe the race out that produced (laughs) (laughs) so yeah maybe it's a Basie band yeah i'm
2: gonna say yes yeah all right excellent
1: if you were about to see your favorite living jazz musician in concert but a bear was blocking your path would you try to get around the bear?
0: Wait, what was the first half of that? What
1: You're uh, Assuming you have a, a favorite living jazz
0: artist. Oh, okay. Who would
1: be in concert. You're excited to go to this concert. Yeah. You get there, but there's a bear blocking the door. Would you try to dart around the bear?
0: No, I'd probably go to a bar and hang out and just <laughs> listen and have a cocktail. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm, I'm pretty non-confrontational in a okay. lot of ways. So it's, yeah. Like, once again, if I had to get someone who needed something, like if there was, like, I was with... I mean, I have no kids, unfortunately. That was not in my cards. But like, if I did have kids, I'd want them to listen. to. They would know jazz. Yeah. Trust me. And it's like they wanted <laughs> to go. And like I had to get them there. I would make. I'd find it, a way. I'd make it my business once again <laughs> to get around that damn bear.
1: Okay. Yeah. I re- I, I learned so much about people by asking the "how obsessed are you?" questions. Okay. Uh, and one of the fun things is I think at least two or three times you said no. I'd just go get a drink
2: instead. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I just yeah. It's I think, and this is as you get older, which is I used to have such fire in me, yeah. and and it's lessened. But I think that's for the best because I used to be very fiery and very emotionally passionate and I am in in some ways but it's much more tempered yeah and picking and choosing because life is exhausting and you don't have (laughs) the energy for that and I see young people getting excited about stuff or aggravated. I'm like oh honey you're gonna burn out in three years if you continue that Because I was there I remember that yeah so yeah I think it's just age yeah, it changes. It
1: is a healthy and a wise I hope course so. of action. I hope so. As go. long as I'm not
0: comatose and fall asleep, being this way, I'll be fine. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: I uh, ask someone to make a noise to sum up their obsession. What kind of noise comes to mind when you think of jazz?
0: Um, harmonics. What kind of noise? Yeah. Like like one word, like a, a word, word or, you mean or, like or like a, a little physical noise. Yeah. Probably. Bop. <laughs> Bop. <laughs> 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 Something like that. It's horns. I mean, it's definitely horns. It's horns
1: that come to mind.
0: Or you know, there is you know, sing, 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 like that. That those drums. I yeah, mean, like the the yeah the drum beat. Either that, or probably a probably a, a wailing horn.
1: A wailing horn. Yeah, nice. <laughs> nice. Sorry,
0: that was my that was my worst <laughs> horn ever. See, I'm not a, I'm not a brass player. Can I say? <laughs> not no. even with fake mouth noises. No nope, proof play. in the pudding. <laughs>
1: Uh, I asked everyone to give a rating to their obsession as well. So on a scale of one to ten, ten being the highest, one being the lowest, where would you put your obsession with jazz?
0: I mean, I think more recently because it has saved me from a lot of, It's it's really brought me back to music. Yeah. So I think now it's higher than it used to be. I think it was always at least a six or okay. seven. And now, lately it's been more eight. Yeah. Just because it's just been... A helpful part of my life in and, and rediscovering it and, and discovering new things. So, yeah, um, I think it will always toggle between five and nine okay. or five and eight. Yeah, yeah,
1: that, that makes I'm uh, such a, a lot of moderate
0: sense. obsessed person.
1: <laughs> no, you're managing, uh, you're using good managerial skills to manage your various obsessions. I'm
0: trying, yeah, this is the
1: thing that I'm really trying to work on to go like, okay, it's okay that I haven't like touched, uh, checked in on that obsession, yeah, or that interest for a couple years, and I will make time for it.
0: And I For think, a yeah. couple
1: months, I'll be like, I'm really gonna, you know, listen to this or read about this or work on that.
0: I think because we're so obsessed with a bunch of stuff, that's why it'll always stay at like five, six, seven, eight. Because yeah. you'll go, you'll all jump from different things. And it'll. That's why it'll toggle. Yeah. See, we like too many damn things. Yeah. That's the problem.
1: Stupid world is too interesting. <laughs> it sucks. Damn
0: Earth and its diverse <laughs> things.
1: Uh, we've reached the plugging part of the podcast. So, is there anything that you have actively going that you want people to uh, to check out, or things from the oh. past that you're you are particularly want wanting people to check out?
0: Um. Well, right now, I mean, uh, which was just announced. So, uh, Critical Role, the Legend of Vox Machina, right. the, the um series for Amazon. I am co-producer and that should be coming out hopefully I'm guessing 2022 into 2021. I have no idea okay, now because wow. we have so many more episodes that we get to do which is fantastic so that'll be coming out I have a I guess I'm guessing HBO Max probably <laughs> Crunchyroll series that should be announced that I did last year that has not been announced yet okay. and it's a cool adult um, drama fantasy really cool project that is unique and interesting and I'm looking forward to that being announced but unfortunately I, it's not announced yet, yes. but I, that is something definitely to look forward to in the future, so those two right now.
1: Awesome. And yeah. where can people find you on social media to make sure they hear about uh, these announcements?
0: Oh, yeah. So it's, I guess, it's at Jennifer Muro on Twitter. I think it's official Jennifer Muro on Instagram. Okay. That's my press people's fault, so don't blame me for the... Because <laughs> it's like, really? How many gens are there? I always, I always joke about that. Like, really? There's a lot of me. They um, wanted,
1: did they want you to be official uh, on Instagram because... The little word official because there th- are other, other well
0: mine was taken yeah it was okay. taken so they're like alright and I'm like alright fine um, oh the other way is the and I'm like oh really I'm not the Jennifer like no
1: officially gonna... is better yeah I, I,
0: just cause it's silly as hell but yes those are the two places so <laughs> so just Jennifer Muir on Twitter and then official on uh, excellent. Instagram
1: excellent here's some quick plugs for this show and then we'll do our final questions you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw you can follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter and Facebook is at Obsessed Podcast you can also check out the Star Wars Podcast I co-host that is called Force Center for info on upcoming shows and comedy albums and stuff like that you can check out my website at josephscrimshaw.com and you can support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon full info on that go to Joseph Scrimshaw. All right, final questions. These are just weird, random things. Okay. If one piece of furniture in your home could be sentient, what would you want to be sentient? Oh, my
0: God. Probably my bar. Because I have a little bar room I created. Like, it's a nerd bar. Yeah. It's got, like... Back to the Future poster on one side, Ghostbusters in the other that I had from when I used to work at Suncoast Video when I was at, in my twenties. Wow! And so like I and I have a whole bunch of crazy stuff in there, and sometimes I work in there. It's not it's not something about booze. It's just about a a location where I I, yeah, I like to mood? write and the mood. And so like, it's just be nice to have a buddy to chat with.
1: Okay. So at, if the bar was like, yeah, great job. Great yeah. It, break. It, yeah. It,
0: it, it, it could almost be like a, like a shining situation. <laughs> I think that's why I go to that. So, which is disturbing on a different podcast. Yeah. It's a whole other conversation. Yeah.
1: So you do, you focus more by going there. Does it feel like you are both like in your home and at.
0: yes yeah, Someplace else. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Someplace else. Wow. Yeah. It's a little, really cool. it's a little escape. Little weird escape room, yeah, that I built, yeah, <laughs> that's very cool, yeah,
1: if you could shoot one of the following things out of your hands, which would you choose bees or whiskey <laughs>
0: uh, sorry, was that really loud <laughs> see that's a noise that comes out of jazz that was sort of a horn um <laughs> Oh, man, bees are dying around the planet. We, I, But, I mean, whiskey, I don't have to go to the store for it again. <laughs> also, I'm being the best host ever. Oh, yeah. I'd be like Rosie on the Jetsons where it's like, you know,
1: yeah, would you like some more?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think it would have to be whiskey.
1: Okay, so oh, you boy. almost saved the planet, but you went with being a better host. <laughs> yeah, I'll
0: plant some flowers in, in lieu of, and okay, I'll bring them to me the other <laughs> old fashioned way. Speaking of old fashions, now I can make those Yeah. with my whiskey. So, uh,
1: the final question for everyone on the podcast is what is happiness?
0: Oh boy, that yeah. has definitely changed very recently, um, since my life has changed very. Dramatically recently. Like
1: your your definition of it?
0: Yeah. I, ha- happiness used to be much more career and the, the now like and, and just being out there more for me now would be more like being at home, hanging out, being comfortable, having family, which I don't have tons of. Yeah. I would love to have had more people in California, which I don't have at all. So it's happiness is... Relaxing with someone you love, and and staying in and watching old movies, and and having holidays, and and go pumpkin picking, and make Christmas cookies, and like simple things. Yeah. Like I'm fine with it. I love going out. I love parties and doing that, but it, I'm so much more limited in, in that as happiness. Now it's yeah. much more simple. Like. It is simplified like severely, so so. Hopefully, I will have those things in the future. Would be great, but you know, let's hope the universe brings that. That'd be great. Yeah,
1: I'm sure it will. I and hope it, so. It, and it's a great, I think, a very healthy definition of happiness. It's definitely something that I've worked on because you can one can obsess about lots of different things right. that have different that have different levels of value or different levels of health. But right. It's been really nice to just be like, uh, my wife and I have really made a point of like, we have a list of places that we want to go in Los Angeles that we haven't seen. Or if right. we discover something, like we would like to do that again.
0: Right. And that and it's like, I, I definitely am an active person. I'm so active in career and going out and going to lunches and doing all those things and being at work. And so I have, that's there. It's just, yeah. I need that slowdown, yeah. which I would love. And that's so like, simplicity has become happiness to me if yeah. I can, if I can build that that would be great yeah. so that that's, that's what that means to me
1: yeah well so. that is a great simple answer yeah <laughs> it is simplicity yes. thank you so much for uh, taking the time to thank do the podcast thank you
0: this is fun thank you for letting me vent my obsession
1: <laughs> absolutely okay. I'll change the name of the podcast to venting It'll be <laughs> that, is, that is great come vent your obsession <laughs> come vent your obsession love it that's a bumper sticker <laughs> thank you so much that is our podcast
0: you've been Listening to Obsessed, Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. I I wish I could scat. That'd be so great. That's much
2: better.